Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Value Clarity Podcast. This is Mark Boundy, your host. Say, it's been uh, a couple weeks since our last episode. I'm going down to every other week, and I've got a couple great guests in the works, and none of them have been recorded and edited yet. So I wanted to share with you, I don't know if it's a story or a memory, but it has to do with mediocrity and being elite and being a value-focused organization. So that's very central to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about value and everybody in your company getting involved in value. And you may have read my book or read some of the, you know, listened to some of these interviews where I talk about the ideal of having everybody understand the value that they contribute to the company and your salespeople, 100% of your salespeople selling value. Or you may not have heard me say it, but you're laboring under the assumption that maybe 15, maybe 20% of your salespeople can be that top level elite seller that sells value effectively. And I'm here to tell you that I have seen different. Um, My first adult job, I was with a company called WL Gore. There was about 250 salespeople in my division around the world. And the worst of them was way above average based on my subsequent experience being a uh, consultant for the world's largest sales training company uh, in the B2B space, Miller Hyman. So I had talked to thousands of companies. I talked to uh, a couple hundred sales consultants uh, similar to my role who had been responsible for tens of thousands of companies and hundreds of thousands of individual opportunity reviews. And we all agreed that most salespeople are pretty bad at understanding customer value. And that value... They didn't all realize it, but the value is the most important part of sales. And so I say, and I say it over and over, salespeople are the worst at the most important part of selling, and that is understanding value. In this company, W.L. Gorn Associates, like as I said, everybody could quantify the value. So if you think of value selling as understanding, you know, the, the basic process is understanding the customer's world fitting your solution into their world, having the customer acknowledge that match, having the customer connect that match to an outcome that they desire, then finally having that quantify, measure that outcome, the value, the result in dollars. 
These salespeople, 100% of them could do that. That is elite selling uh, and a very small percentage of sellers do that in the outside real world. But at Gore, everybody did. You didn't last in sales if you didn't get all the way to that finish line. You couldn't get anything done in the company because everybody in the company held every salesperson accountable for knowing the value in dollars, euros, marks, lira, whatever, anywhere in the world. And as a matter of fact, my first week there, I was uh, a puppy product manager and I was with an experienced product manager and his phone rang. This was back in the days when you answered your desk phone. Um, and the salesperson said, hey, so-and-so, I've got uh, a customer who seems like they need your product. There was you know, 70 of us product managers around the world and a salesperson had to first kind of figure out once they found a customer problem, which of the 70 products or which two or three of the 70 products maybe uh, were the best fit for that customer's application. Uh, so the salesperson called the product manager and said, I'd like to talk with you about this application. The product manager, first question was, what's the value? In that culture, what's the value is the requirement that you're able to articulate what is the customer's business, how do they make their money, what do we do, what can we do to help them make more, either more revenue, lower cost, how do we help them in their business? So what is important in their business? How do we help them in their business? How are we differentiated so that we can help them make more money than any other cable product out there? How much more money can we make them? And what percentage of that do they think it's fair that we take as our um, reward for having provided that value to them. What's the value was and not only an invitation, but a directive to answer that entire articulation, that entire value story. And the salesman, you know, the, the product manager asked, what's the value? The salesman said, I don't know yet, but let me tell you about the application. The product manager was allowed to, and in this case, in front of me, told that salesperson, don't call me, don't even talk to me until you understand the value. And he hung up the phone on him, didn't even say goodbye. That insistence that everybody in the company hold every salesperson in the company, every opportunity, even from the very beginning, responsible for understanding the customer's business, how we were differentiated, how that differentiation affected the customer's business, and how many dollars that impact was. Every salesperson was required to do that. And if you didn't do it, the product managers would hang up your phone. As a product manager, when I did go out and, and answer that phone and I had to like draw, make a drawing for this new product the customer wanted, you know, it might be just like this existing product we make, but I'm going to change the name of the customer, right? Because uh, any customer can order a part number, but you can't order another customer's part number. So I might have just made an identical product and just changed to a new part number, or it might have changed a color. In, it didn't matter how insignificant the change was. The engineer would ask me before he would sign off on it, knowing full well that there would be no problem manufacturing it. And as a matter of fact, we already had the tooling and the process documentation already there in, in place. This, the engineer would ask me, what's the value? And I had to be able to articulate that story. When I went to ask a, the, a, a manufacturing tech, 
you know, we've got a product just like that. We've already got it set up. If you can just change the color at the very end of the run and make me a prototype for this other customer, it would really be great. And that's that, that technician would ask and could ask and was required to ask, Mark, what's the value? Is it even worth any of my time doing any of this? And I had to be able to articulate it before I could get a prototype. Inside sales would ask me, what's the value? Leaders would ask me, what's the value? And we would wrestle with that. Everybody in the company was focused on the value. Nobody had a place to hide. And 100% of the people in that company could articulate, could understand the customer's business, understand it well enough so they knew how every customer made money and understood our differentiation to that customer. And, you know, sometimes the differentiation is they've designed themselves into a corner and we're the only cable that solves the corner, that, you know, solves the problem for the corner they've designed themselves into. And if we can't make a product because we're the last resort, if we can't make the product, they're going to have to change the entire design of the entire piece of equipment and that's going to slow the project down by six to nine months. And they can't afford that six to nine months. And I had a couple customers like that. Or uh, our custom, our product uh, makes the makes the customer's product more compact, and they believe they can sell twenty or thirty percent more units because uh, it's more compact, or it's uh, higher strength, or it lasts longer. Um, we had a customer that lasted longer in a paper mill. And when a paper mill goes down, it costs the paper mill about $100,000 an hour in profit because paper comes out of a paper mill just that fast. So understanding every customer's business every time. Can you do that? Can you do that in your world? Can your salespeople do that? And I've got news for you. It's not an impossible standard. I have worked in a company for close to a decade where every salesperson had to do it every time, every opportunity. So you can't tell me it's impossible. Now, I'm going to fast forward to when I was a uh, sales consultant doing some training for another consultant. Uh, it was a huge customer with 600 uh, salespeople. And so he couldn't do all the training. So, he, you know, we would hire each other in on those kind of things or bring each other in to, you know, do the training for me. And I was training one of their sales forces at a national, at a, you know, divisional sales meeting. And I was kind of embellishing the standard uh, Miller-Hyman stuff in the area of customer outcomes, because Miller-Hyman's, just like any sales training, has a section that was 10% of the training usually uh, on the customer's outcomes and what outcome is each individual persona involved in a buying decision uh, expecting, both professionally, business-wise, and personally. And so I was coaching them to say, it's not enough to just know what the outcomes are. You have to know what the dollar value of those outcomes were. And so I'm kind of diverting, you know, a three to five minute diversion into this elite selling uh, that hoping that, you know, maybe you not everybody's going to get it. But if a couple more percentage of people of this company, of this client's uh, salespeople can do that, um, it's going to be a big benefit. Well, Vice President of Sales, who was kind of listening in, stopped me. He said, Mark, stop. And he turned to his to the gathered people, 30 folks or so in the room, and he said, 
What Mark is describing is elite selling. It's fantastic elite selling, but I don't expect that from you. I want everybody to get the basic stuff that came stock from the sales training company. I want you to get good at pretty good. And, you know, I kind of understood that he was looking for standardization in his sales team. He wanted everybody to get the same training so that they had the same expectation. But man, what a soul crusher if you're on the sales team and your vice president comes in front of you and says, you know what, this guy's teaching you is elite sales training and that's just not for you people. Um, would you do that? I kind of understand it from a mediocrity, um, big company bureaucratic management standpoint, but I don't understand it from an achieving excellence standpoint. I'd love to get people's comments on that. So that's my thought today. Um, my thought is, you know, company value focus, the way I teach it is possible because I've lived it. I've lived it at a company that did it and was exemplary at it. Value focused selling, elite selling from every single one of your sellers with the expectation that you either sell elite style or you sell for another company. You move along. That's not an unfair expectation. Your people can do it. It's not that hard. Um, what it required at Gore was unwavering expectation from everybody in the company that you do it. And as soon as everybody demanded that you do it, everybody did it. And it was pretty simple. I didn't know until long after I left Gore how exceptional that environment was. Uh, and you've, you may have heard uh, some of my guests... Um, uh, Alessandro Duragon in season one, uh, Steve Sundberg, uh, who has been on, I think, maybe twice, uh, who are were colleagues with me at, at W.L. Gore, talk, and we still talk about what an exceptional experience that was and how no company has really approached that. Any of their other prior, every subsequent companies have approached that. So... Yeah, I know it's rare. I know it's rare. I absolutely know it's rare. But I also know that it can be done. So what are you waiting for? Can, can you dare your company to succeed, to be elite, to have be every one of your salespeople to be elite? Or are you happy with um, just having your people be on a distribution curve and having half of them be above, below average and half of them be above average? Because a lot of people expect just that. And if that's what you expect, that's what you get. I hope this helped. Uh, short episode today. And I really appreciate your listening and your sticking around. Um, go ahead and comment if you what, uh, about what you thought of this. And remember that value though, and those conversations about value are ultimately to form value in the customer's mind because in the customer's mind, that's the only place that exists, which means that sales, marketing, business is a lot more like brain surgery than you thought. Thanks and have a high value day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.